Welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have the baddest man alive. Uh, I'm trying to remember. You were the Cincinnati Shogun. Uh, I'm trying to remember all your your old names from back in the day. Uh, There's a lot. Um, One of my favorite indie wrestlers, and I I, want to say I like, I would want to consider you, I consider you a friend. We've known each other off and on for for years. Um, And uh, Aaron Williams, Aaron, tell us about yourself. Oh, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I've been wrestling for about, uh, I think I celebrated my 20th year this year, like for sure. I was kind of a little bit confused about that actually because I couldn't remember my exact start date for like the longest time and I was just going through old stuff the other day and I uh, found all my receipts from training and it kind of helped me like oh okay so if this was my last training day I know that I wrestled like a week later then that means that this was the date that I started so uh, I think it was in June uh, so uh, back in June was 20 years for me Uh, wrestled all over the country. Uh, I've been in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in the world, uh, people who have main evented WrestleMania and um, main evented AEW shows and former or in world champions, current world champions, former world champions. I've, I've kind of got the uh, the privilege to do a little bit of everything. And, uh, now I uh, now I still am wrestling on a consistent basis and uh, about to go overseas for the first time. And uh, I'm also a trainer. So got a pretty full plate. Dang. You, you, and, and I know this, some people say this is a bad term when it comes to wrestling, uh, but I don't, I think you are a workhorse wrestler. You are what, what I consider like a Randy Orton. You're the guy who can put anybody through a good match? Uh, you're 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 in there kicking butt, and you make it look easy. And you know, I, I've said I asked you this years ago. I remember watching you wrestle. I believe it was Jeremiah, and I don't know if this is bad, but you you I think you said you got a concussion. Because he kicked you in the that first thing you take a blow to the head, and you told me you don't remember the match at that. Oh, point. actually, that wasn't uh, that wasn't Jeremiah. I think that was Trey Miguel, actually. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, but unfortunately, that is a story that I'm pretty pretty familiar with sta- is telling. Unfortunately, I've I've had quite a few concussions in the middle of the ring, but uh, I think the one that you're talking about is uh, myself and Trey Miguel, the uh, one half of the current Impact Tag Champs. Um, we're having a match, and Ricky Steamboat was actually our referee. Referee, yes. Uh, and the match started at the time. I was uh, uh, very aggressive, and I would usually start my matches just right out of the gate. I would just run at a guy and drop kick him in the corner, and then yeah, there we go. That we're started. Well. Yeah. Trey was privy, so uh, when I went to do that, he moved out of the way, and my hip hit the top turnbuckle, and it just made me kind of pop and then straight down, and walloped my head, and I was gone that from that moment on, and we still had like uh, a 10-minute match, and yeah. I do believe uh, 
or like 15 minute, maybe 10, 15 minute match. And when I went back and watched it, it was wild because I was like, well, there I am and I'm doing all this stuff and that's what I do, but I don't know who's, who's driving. Like, I don't remember any of this. I don't know what's going on there. And it was even funnier because after I watched it, I noticed Ricky's trying to like get it to be done. He's like trying to fast count me and trying to get, uh, get me to quit and, and everything like that, the whole match. And I'm just like, nope, no, keep going. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, pretty wild night. Like uh, I got to have uh, a few really, really, really good matches with Trey Miguel. Um, super talented kid, um, guy, man. Um, yeah. Obviously, he uh, he's went on and done great things for Impact and with Impact. And um, really, really happy for him and proud of him. I could say that a lot about a lot of people, really. But it, it, I, I've I've watched you over the years at Rockstar and stuff, and and watched you. You made so many people down there because you. And this is this is funny because my favorite match that you had was you and Jake uh, Thanksgiving sixty man Iron Man match. That you guys kept that 60 minutes flowing it did not feel like 60 minutes and uh we had an ongoing joke though that um it, if you were a drinker you had to take a shot every time jake uh uh cussed because you'd be completely hammered <laughs> you, you and but that is one of my favorite matches of yours and it's a great match and it's just you two guys and it's it's a thanksgiving night it's not a packed house because it's Thanksgiving, but you guys still killed it that night. Yeah, I uh, I remember that pretty well. I mean, Jake and I have probably wrestled each other more than I, I think Jake is. I've wrestled Jake more than I've wrestled anybody. Uh, we, I think we, I mean, according to cagematch.net or, or whatever it is on uh, 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 on the internet, uh, I think we've wrestled each other 90 times. And they don't even they don't even document every match, you know. Like uh, we've probably wrestled each other well over a hundred times, but as far as like documentation goes, we've wrestled each other ninety times, and that's more than most like people in WWE have wrestled each other. And they've you know they wrestle each other all the time, so that's that's quite an accomplishment. We know each other really really well, um, and we have great chemistry together. Um, when you guys shit, make tags, yo. When you guys were tag team, that was great. I mean, it was a brief minute, but that was still a great tag team you guys had. We we uh we work really really well together. It's it's kind of a shame that we don't really get to get the chance to do that anymore. But um, I remember that match well. I think we had like three matches around that period of time, and but all two of them went to time limit draws, and then we did the Iron Man match as kind of like the all right. Well, let's see who's gonna gonna win uh jake was the rock star champion at the time um and uh i had i think at that point in time i was nursing a torn acl for i can't remember if i was nursing a torn acl or i had gotten it repaired and i shouldn't have been wrestling anyway i think it was still torn at that time um but uh 
yeah, like uh, I re- I remember those matches pretty daggone well. And Jake just, I mean, he's a he's a special competitor. He's kind of uh, there's very few people that I can say are like kind of I can get in the ring with and just it's magic in a sense, you know. And Jake's oh, yeah. one of them. One uh, Gary J's one. Uh, Richard Phillips was one uh, before he uh, passed away. And, uh, Cody Hawk is one. There's, there's, I guess there's a good amount, but uh, Jake's special because uh, I always thought that he and I were very similar, like in a lot of ways. We both like uh, uh, the same style. We both uh, uh, like kind of move similarly and yeah. kind of same. So yeah. it always made for real good matches. Uh, yeah, he. <clears throat> I always thought I always thought it was I wouldn't say not fair, but the fact that he kind of was always in Dave's shadow for a while. And I always thought that was a shame because he was I, I, I'm I'm gonna say probably the better wrestler of the two, but didn't have the charisma that Dave had at that point. So yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, and uh, that's that was basically kind of kind of the case for a long time. I know it was uh, people kind of I hate to say it like this, but people kind of put up with Dave so they could get Jake. <laughs> if that makes it makes a lot, it makes any sense. But uh, Jake has uh, certainly came into his his own in a lot of ways, and uh, big ups to him, man. Yeah, I, I I felt really bad for him for a while after that whole I won't get into it, but the whole ordeal, and I thought people kind of dumped on him because you know the brother and whatnot, and then he kind of came out and he's like straight ahead, and he killed it after that point. So, you know, but you got to take and uh, what's the the you, you make chicken salad out of chicken crap. So, <laughs> take with the good with the bad. You kind of yep. you just, uh, just got to keep rolling, as uh, <laughs> as Lipness Kid would say. You keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> um, here's some stuff I did. Uh, um, who who did you train under? I uh, originally trained under a uh, man by the name of Tom Jamonte out of Price Hill, uh, Cincinnati. Um, I trained there in like 2002 into 2003, um, and then I uh, graduated from that school and wrestled there for about maybe maybe about a year. Then I moved to uh, another local Cincinnati promotion called uh, Queen City Wrestling, that, but neither one of them are still are, are in operation anymore. Uh, wrestled there for a little bit until uh, the opportunity came to go to HWA and attend one of their trainings and went and did one of their trainings. And Cody Hawk was basically like, okay, well, you're not terrible, but um, you need work. Um, and he kind of was like, well, we'll open up the school to you. And then I got my, my training from Cody and uh the, the good thing about HWA, which was different from the other uh, the other places, was that 
HWA also ran weekly shows and sometimes they would run like two times in a week or three times in a week. And they would do, I think, Tuesday night showcase every week. And then they would usually have like a Saturday or a Friday show somewhere traveling. And then sometimes they would have Sunday shows. So you had like a lot of opportunity to get reps and a lot of opportunity to, to be in the ring with people and not just, be in the ring with people, be in the ring with people who are better than you and were going to elevate you. Um, Cody did train me and he gave me so much information, but I really didn't get to wrestle him until years later. So uh, a lot of the knowledge I got was in ring and it was uh, just kind of wrestling guys like uh, Quentin Lee and Allah Hussein uh, getting in the ring before shows with guys like Nigel McGuinness and Chad Collier uh, wrestling John Moxley, like all the time, seemingly um, there, there, there was so much of a vast amount of knowledge and myself and some of the guys who were, like me, like Dave and Jake and uh, Sammy and um, uh, my old bag partner, Alan, and Richard Phillips and Andre Hart and guys like that who were all in our, like, kind of, I guess, our age bracket. Yeah. Instead of just kind of, um, instead of just kind of chilling and watching it, we took initiative and was like, because all those guys would, get in the ring before shows they would start doing stuff they would they would work out with each other and uh we would just get in the ring and be like can you show us things can you talk to us can you tell us how to do things guys like matt striker and uh, uh bj whitmer and uh just like so many uh incredibly talented people uh some of them have you know skyrocketed to superstardom and some of them uh you know just kind of stopped or you know didn't get the adoration that i really feel like they deserved uh guys like cody hawk is a good example of a guy who was just phenomenal in the ring just absolutely incredible and the man can do a match with people like six people all in the ring at once nobody knows what they're doing and he can make it great and that takes a massive amount of skill and he also and i think it was just maybe the generation or the time you didn't just those guys didn't just think about just themselves they think about okay well this is my spot how can i make everybody else's spot better which is a thing that has changed over the years unfortunately uh people are definitely a lot more of the mentality of um selfishness i guess for lack of a better phrase uh, than they used to be, which is something I, I really miss. Like um, the mentality of, all right, everybody's got to steal the show is, of course, good. You want to be great at what you yeah. do, but not everybody needs to be the main event. Not everybody needs to be, you know, <laughs> not there doesn't need to be 52 of the same move in one card yeah. and, and everything like that. Like, um, But that's kind of an old school storytelling mentality which not a lot of people have anymore so now i don't know did it come from your schooling that gave you that old school mentality or is that something you already kind of had coming in well i mean 
um, when I, when I first started training, like most people, I was just excited, you know, like I still remember the first time I stepped into an actual wrestling ring. Cause I was a backyarder, you know, that was like the time frame and everything. And, and we built our own ring and everything like that. And it was actually pretty great looking back. But, uh, the first time I stepped into a real professional wrestling ring, there was goosebumps all over my body. Like I still vividly remember the first time I touched a rope and the first time I stepped through the middle of the top rope and, and ducked my head under and was like this, my life has changed now. It's different. Um, so, uh, I think when I first started, I was very much of the mentality of, I just want to do cool stuff and I just want to be of this mindset, but I didn't know anything about psychology. I didn't know about in-ring psychology. I didn't know about the psychology of a show. I didn't realize that, this is more than just a fun thing to do. It's a business as well, yeah. like to, you know, make money and we're trying to build a legacy for ourselves and for our families and this, that, and whatever. That part is the lesson that it took me a while to learn. But um, when I got to Cody and I got to, you know, uh, set under Les Thatcher a little bit and, uh, got to really understand what psychology was and why we do things and what the purpose of doing things is and, and how you get the crowd in the palm of your hand as opposed to just popping yourself or popping the boys. That's when I really started to like put things together. Um, and I mean, I may not be a household name uh, by any means, but most of the people who know me and are aware of my uh my career and either you know behind the guardrail or in the ring they all know like oh that dude knows what he's doing he knows what he's talking about so um i'm very very glad for my uh my in-ring knowledge or my my pro wrestling education uh it's so it took me a while to like learn it but uh but now that it's in there it doesn't leave you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> It, it's you know and you you talk about the, the people you've wrestled and i don't think those guys would be in the places that they would be in if it weren't for you i mean because like i said i i remember going to rockstar and seeing you put on killer matches and you're putting these guys over even if you're taking a loss you're still making them guys look like a million bucks and you, I mean, you were just, I, I you know, the, what's the old saying? You, you could uh, put over a broom, that whole thing. You could make a, yeah, do a good match. And you could. And you were killing it back then. And like I said, you, I remember going to those shows. And you always knew, you know, you got your kind of comedy matches. You had your, your, your uh, John Murray, you had your, your, you know, Pompano Joe and, and then you would, then you would get to the mid, mid card and stuff. And then you, you know, you'd come up and you did, you were, I don't know if you were or not. Cause I mean, I know GG and, and them, and I've, I've never really talked to them about booking and stuff like that. That's their whole thing. Um, but I always thought that they knew for a fact that they could put that belt on you and you'd run with it and make it legit. Because it seemed like every time, you know, something might be going wrong or something bad would happen with a wrestler, Aaron would come up, get that title, and carry it and show people what needs to be done. 
and uh you know and and um when you were running with the tag team when it was the night riders you guys were killing it as a tag team and um you guys were 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 awesome uh, i'm not going to lie i never quite understood the uh um the weird tag title that rockstar created with the with the 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 one guy could leave the two guys so the third I, yeah that one was confusing i never did figure that one out a little confusing for us too so don't feel too bad you know <laughs> i don't feel bad now I, I remember the first time they brought that title out i'm like so so the leader could lose a match and then the guy he lost the match to would now be the leader of the tag team that he what? <laughs> then, it, then they kind of separated it and they had the tag title yeah. and then you had that one title. And I was like, okay, that's a little easier. But yeah, I mean, you, I guess you got to give them props for trying new things. So, oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, if I remember right, what the Lucha Corps came from Heartland, came from HWA. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I think it originated in a, uh, because uh, before Revolver was a thing, Sammy Callahan had a promotion called American Lucha Corps. Uh, and I, I, I don't think it had that many shows. It might have had like five or six shows. And that's actually where that title, I think, originated was it was the American Lucha Corps title. Uh, but then at the same time, HWA 2.0, I think, was running. And uh, it had kind of adapted that title um because there was the hwa cruiserweight title and i i think one i was the hwa cruiserweight champion and then they brought this lucha core title in and they put it up in a uh in some kind of match and i won that match so they just kind of blended the lucha core title and the cruiserweight title kind of together in a weird way and then they kind of got rid of the cruiserweight title and it was just the the lucha core title at that point and uh, i held on to that bad boy for shooting out i think about it, a pretty good amount of time uh until i won the uh the hwa championship actually and then um and then i lost uh lost that and um and then it resurfaced in rockstar years later and um and i i always really enjoyed that that championship because it was uh it was kind of a um it was a, it was an anomaly as in like it couldn't have just regular rules it had like unique rules and i think if i remember correctly the rules were anything outside of the ring anything goes but once you're inside the ring it's it's regular rules so that was kind of the the gimmick of the title which was I mean, it was a fun thing to play with, and uh, as a as a performer and as a wrestler, it was a it was a cool thing. Uh, I kind of wish that it was still around in some way, shape, or form because, with the knowledge that I have now, as opposed to the knowledge I had then, I feel like you could do a lot more with that concept than what we were any of us really were capable of at that time. I think wrestling has evolved quite a bit yeah. since uh, you know two thousand eight or nine or whatever it was because so. yeah, i believe it was uh when it uh had a 20 count you were outside everything goes for a 20 count and then back inside then it was traditional rules you go outside 20 count back inside so um 
dang, sorry. My nose is like itching for me today. Um, but you know, I've, I've followed your career. This almost since the moment I saw you at, at Rockstar. Cause it was, um, you had a great gimmick then you, I think you had just, when I started going to Rockstar, I believe you were still the Rockstar champ because you were the first one, right? I was the second one, actually. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> the first one was uh, Ben Chimera, I believe, and then I beat him. And um, when I beat him, then I transitioned to the Baddest Man Alive character, uh, which is probably what you uh, what yeah. you saw. Yep. I mean, you saw um which I really, really enjoyed, and it kind of, like, at the time that I did it, it was a an extension of myself, because, I mean, I started wrestling in 2003, that was, like, roughly 2012, I think, roughly, 11 or 12, maybe 13. Yeah, it was about somewhere. the time I opened a shop, yeah, so it was about 2011, yeah. 2012, somewhere near Um, So, I, uh, like, so, from, like, 2003 to 2000. 11 or 12 i was kind of just most of the time white me baby face guy you know just come on baby and uh i didn't really have anything that was um unique and special to me um and then rockstar started and i was like we i we often i often joke about how many names i've had in wrestling i had uh astonishing i had the angelic assassin i had the cincinnati shogun uh, I had, uh, uh, shoot, uh, the human terminator, I think was the one for a few minutes. Um, and then eventually, um, I, I got the baddest man alive because I do have a martial arts background, always love old Kung Fu movies and, and things of that nature. And I was trying to come up with something different, trying to be, um, more of a character. So I, um, remembered the last dragon uh or barry gordy's the last dragon and the character of shonoff and i was like oh i feel like i could i could do that uh i can take my martial arts stuff i can become this larger than life um villain that basically just thinks he is the baddest thing there has ever been and uh then my buddy uh Played a song for, for me from um, Man with the Iron Fist. Fist. Yep. Uh, I, ha I legit have that on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We called The Baddest Man Alive. And I was like, that's it. Done. So I went to Cody and I was like, so I got this idea. And he was like, okay. And then that that was uh, that was it. And that, and that ran for a while. Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, uh, I remember going to many a show and it was B M A B M. Yeah, and then, and then uh, when you then when you tagged with Jake, it was the baddest killers alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had a cool shirt and everything, man. Oh yeah, yeah. We, good times. Good. I always wish that would that that tag team would have went a little bit longer because that was short lived, man. That's that was not, man. I wish that would have went what longer, but. Yeah, like that was a, uh, I mean, I, I was really enjoying that period of time because I can't remember if, uh, I think I was back from my knee surgery at that point in time, but I was really, really scared of re-injuring my knee. So I didn't immediately go back into doing all the stuff that I normally do. 
for like a couple of reasons. One, I should have been in rehab for like six months, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes and things happen and things change. I was only able to do rehab for like a month and a half, maybe. And uh, then I had to like basically go right back to work, uh, the shoot job. And I had to go back to wrestling because I had to make as much money as I possibly could because of the situation I was in at the time. So uh, I remember the first match I had from my knee surgery was actually not a rock star. It was in Wisconsin at a, uh, at a Six Flags. And I remember I was like there and I was wrestling a guy. And I had him in a headlock and he, he shot me off and I gave him a shoulder tackle and he went down and then everybody knows what's going to happen next. Most of the time hit the ropes. He's going to try to trip me. I'm going to hop over him and then we're going to keep going. Right. I was so terrified because my knee was in such like bad shape at that point in time that as soon as I stepped over him, when he was going to try and trip me, that I was going to leave with that left leg and my knee was going to go out immediately. I was so terrified. So like everything I did from like that moment, which would have probably been, I want to say maybe it was July, maybe it was August from like, so basically for like the next six to eight months, I was like baby and everything. And I was like really, really scared. And I changed my entire style and, and everything like that. And that was the, that was the baddest killers alive run. And I think Jake maybe was trying to do me a favor there because he knew that I was, uh, I was hesitant. And uh, I think he was like, well, let me, let me help a little bit. And I think that's why one of the reasons why we, uh, we formed the baddest killers alive for a little bit, but it was a, uh, it was a really good time. It was really fun. And, um, yeah, I miss being the baddest man alive sometimes. See, um, you, you need to dust that back off. You need to just go on a run to start tearing through everybody. And all of a sudden, just one day at a show, your music kicks. And here you walk out, get your old gear on. You know, <laughs> Buddy. Yeah, man. Wild. It's been a long time since I dusted that stuff off. I don't even know if it fit anymore. Good lord. Oh, I'm I'm gonna lie. If if I would have went back to the time you were that, um, uh, I was probably at my my fattest. Not gonna lie, I was. I got I got really when I when I left working a, a full time uh job and I started running my comic shop full time, I got lazy and gained a ton of weight, and I was bordering 250 at one point and i'm only i'm only 510 and uh my wife looked at me she goes you want to start going to the gym because planet fitness opened up here in town i'm like "Eh, not really i'm never gonna go and then i started going i fell in love with it and i go i go three days a week i even work out on my off days here at the house uh, I started eating right, and the last time, all of a sudden, I just decided, because I didn't weigh myself for the longest time, because I was freaked out, and um, I weighed myself about two months ago, and I was down to 167. Wow. Yeah, and wow. I, I've, I'm fit now. I've got, I got muscle tone now. I've almost got abs. Uh, my diet still ain't the greatest, but... <laughs> But shit, I, I mean, I'm 
I'm just shy of 50. So I don't think that's pretty bad at that point. Not bad at all, man. That's yeah. great. And that's uh, great. It's my, crazy. Uh, fitness has uh, impacted my life as well. Obviously, like I, I think I stayed, uh, you know, physically active, like and fit pretty much most of my life. But wrestling definitely kept me going and everything like that. But um, it's it's like amazing how much it will help, like during the difficult times of your life too. Like you really kind of like lean oh, yeah. in on, um, uh, when when things go awry and you know you have those those bumpy valley moments. Like uh, you can. You know, get in the gym somewhere. You can put your headphones in. You can just listen to whatever you listen to and just vibe out. Just push through it and everything like that. It's uh, it's necessary. I feel like you know. Oh yeah, it, it's it's uh, therapeutic, as yeah. as I like to say. Is it's and everybody's like, oh, you're. And I was like, no, nah, I'm a, I'm an advocate for that now. And I was like, I never in a million years. If you'd have told me when I was. 35 that I would have been like, Oh, you know, you're going to be the guy that tells everybody to go to the gym. I'd be like, whatever. And go I worked out in my garage for years. Now I'm like, yeah, go to the gym, work out, get, get healthy, get on that treadmill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely helps. It's a, yeah. yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it is, uh, changed my life pretty good. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good. Uh, it, it helps with, um, releasing stress and all that other fun stuff and man i love it i'm get up i go in tomorrow morning so yeah. but uh i wish i had time to go more than just three days a week but i work out here too so i figure that that makes up the difference so <laughs> um okay so we, we were talking about at the beginning about some of the people you've been in a ring with who's your favorite person that's not like you know your guys you you came up with and stuff like that who's your favorite person that you've been in the ring with um i mean it's a tough call man like i've got to be in the ring with just incredible incredible people um i i i'd be a fool if i didn't mention john moxley uh he was you know he's just i mean it's clear he's pretty dang good i would say like out of the people that like I didn't grow up with, I guess, because Moxley would be a person I would consider I kind of grew up with. Um, Jake would be a person I kind of consider I'd grew up with. Uh, um, probably Gary J would probably be like um, my favorite person to be in the ring with. He, um, Matt Taylor is also a big one uh, for me. That Ron Mathis is also a big one for me. Like, there's shoot, man. There's so many. Gary's uh, your well, current tag partner, right? Gary, Gary is uh, he's one half uh, unsigned and don't care. We both kind of wear that moniker proudly. Um, it kind of gets us a lot of heat, and people don't like it very much. At least people in the business don't like it very much. <laughs> um, but uh, as as it says, we don't really care. So whatever. Um, but he and I like uh, got got put together at like a random show one time and they were just like, okay, well the main events hurt. So can you guys do main? We're like, yeah, I guess so. So we go out there and we just, it was almost like Matt, like instant click. Like we'd never wrestled each other before. 
And I, I now like at any time we get together, it's like we push each other, uh, we beat each other up, and uh, whether we're against each other or tagging, uh, I think we we make something special happen. And uh, not only is is he like my brother in the ring, he's kind of like my brother on the outside of it too. He's he's a wonderful human being, a great guy, um, and helped me in a lot of ways. Uh, and he doesn't. I mean, I'm glad that he's he's kind of getting a little bit of the notoriety that he deserves. He's about to wrestle Masato Tanaka in a week. Nice. Uh, or no, not even a week. It's a Thursday. He's going to wrestle on Thursday. Uh, so that's awesome. And I'm going to, I'll be on the show as well. So uh, I'll get to see it live. So it's going to be freaking awesome. Where's that? Uh, in? That's in St. Louis for St. Louis Anarchy. Uh, I believe it's available for purchase to watch online. I just can't remember how right now. Um, if you, if you watch my, if you pay attention to my Twitter, there's probably a way to, to find out. Um, uh, but Gary's like, Gary's my dude, man. He's, uh, he's probably my favorite guy. He's the only person other than Matt Stryker to chop me so hard. I thought about quitting the wrestling business because <laughs> he's small, but man, he packs a punch, brother. Gosh. <laughs> um, uh, so, so that would, that would be Gary. Um, and, and I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the other guys I mentioned. Um, uh, Matt Taylor and Ron Mathis are two guys who, like myself, have kept the Ohio wrestling, um, scene afloat in my mind. Um, when other people would, you know, get better opportunities or get different opportunities and they would take advantage of those and they would leave and, and go and do other things. Myself, Ron Mathis and Matt Taylor have always been there to be like, okay, okay. Like, like you said, um, with, with Rockstar, for example, when, uh, when somebody would go down, they would, they would call on me. Um, I feel like myself, Mathis and Matt have, taking it upon ourselves kind of in a way to be like, we, we will continue to make wrestling important in Ohio. We will continue yeah. to put forth the effort. We will continue to raise the bar. And I feel like the three of us, at least in this state are three of the best there is, uh, as, especially in the state. I mean, uh, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways, we're much better than people you see on TV on every Monday or Wednesday or Friday or whatever the case it is. Um, we just never got the opportunities that some other ones did. Uh, but we have kept it afloat and we have put in the work and uh, I'm very proud of all of our efforts. I'm very proud of both of them to, uh, to have continued like I have. And um, it's a, it's a special brotherhood that I think that uh, I have with any of those guys. Anytime we get together, it's, uh, it's going to be something to be remembered, and that's uh, that's great. Well, it's kind of what you, one of the things you do it for. Oh yeah, I, I I don't get to go to as many shows as I'd like to. Um, realistically, uh, my problem is is that um, War up in Lima runs Saturdays, and that's my busy day at the shop, so I can't get away. Um, DCW is sporadic, and you don't you know I don't. I don't get to go see them. Uh, Rockstar was nice because I could legitimately leave my shop 
at close at seven o'clock and I could be there by the time the doors open because they never open the doors at the right time down there anyways. So I could always make it in before the doors opened and, and from the shop. And so I love that. Um, ironically enough, I have been going up to Michigan and stuff, but I have been following the guys I used to watch at Rockstar, even if it's just on the internet and, you know, little shows and what are not little shows, but like, you know, videos. And uh, Matt has got that character, his new gimmick, and he is killing that gimmick. And I was like, and I've been watching it evolve, you know, and I, I, like I said, I don't even get to go to the shows. I've just seen it on the internet and him and the character online. And you're just watching. I'm like, this kid knows what he's doing. I, I say kid because he's younger than me, but you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a road weary veteran at this point, but you know, he's, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's got it, man. He's got something special and it's, uh, and Mathis is the same way. He like, there's no, nobody knows themselves in my opinion, better than Ron Mathis does. He knows exactly what he's capable of. He knows exactly what he brings to the table and he always, he always brings it. He's, he's never, he's never off in my opinion. And Matt's the same way, man. They're neither one of them are ever off. Uh, people used to praise me, uh, by saying that, uh, if you, if you have a bad match with Aaron Williams, then you probably shouldn't be a wrestler. I would definitely say the same thing for both of those guys. If you can't have a good match with those guys, then there's something wrong with you. It's definitely not them. They are, top notch in my in my opinion and it is just it's a real shame that they uh never got like the real opportunity to to show that to a larger audience um a lot of that had most of that has to do with like politics and stupid stuff like that um that unfortunately is still very much a thing uh, and probably will never be a thing um or never not be a thing, I, uh, rather. Uh, but, man, they, those guys are so good. And um, if they ever watch this, I want, I want them to know that I I am a guy who appreciates their I'll, hard work. I'll tag them in it and send it. try to send it to them. Um, because uh, Math is in the tag team with Bruce, right? Who is also, man, I can't believe I almost forgot Bruce. Bruce is just buddy. Like, um Bruce Gray knows tag team wrestling so well. There's very few people like it's funny because uh, when Gary and I wrestle as a tag team, Gary like kind of like shoves it to me. He's like, you just, you know, you're the psychology guy. You make it work. Like, this is what I want. You make it work. And I do. Um, and that's usually how I do with most tag team stuff because I'm, I'm a pretty good tag wrestler. I know how to do it. But when I'm in a tag match with Bruce Gray, I take a backseat. And I'm just like, whatever you want to do, whatever you think is good, we're going to do that. Because I trust your judgment far more than I trust my own. Um, and he, I've watched him evolve so much as well. Like, he actually started out as a referee. And uh, then eventually transitioned into a wrestler. And then he was bombastic, Bruce Gray. And then he, like, went into... Um, uh, the DD, the uh, the white trash, and then and then oh, just so much stuff. And him, him and 
John Murray. I, I, the fact yeah. that they got that John Murray over as as much as they did is just astounding. <laughs> John's a great dude, man. Like he's, uh, he's a fun dude. He was, in my personal opinion, John Murray was Rockstar Pro Wrestling for a very long time. Oh. Like he made that place work. Like he made it so good and so entertaining. And uh, the fact that. Yeah. There was, you know, some stuff that uh, that apparently happened with him and, and some of those people, which it's really, really sad because um, Murray was the man. Like, and there's there's never a, a way that you could take that away from him. Oh. For a period of time, John Murray was Rockstar Pro Wrestling. He bled black and green, man. If, if it wasn't for him, the company wouldn't have been what it was. You know, he was a massive part of it. I remember listening. Uh, I was I was doing dishes one night, and I I'm an, I'm a late night guy, so I'm literally doing dishes at like I don't know like two in the morning. So I'm cleaning the kitchen and stuff. Everybody else is sleeping in the house. I got the Jim Cornette podcast going in the background, and it was the episode where they started talking. About, I was like, I was there. I was there at that show, and he's talking crap about it. And I'm like, uh, that was funny. And 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 John, he he took that for every bit and and made it his own. And I'm like, you can take being talked down to by Jim Cornette and turn it into a positive, and he did it. So, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. well, it, it's bad. You know, we were talking about Matt. We were talking about John and stuff like that. And I I I really want to sit down because I I've, I've been like me and you have, I've been playing tag with Matt for a while now because he wants to be on the show too. And it was like, okay, can you, yeah, I'm busy. So we just kind of, and then I try again later and then he'll contact me. And I'm like, well, I'm open this day. And I'm like, I'm busy that day. So we go back to doing what we're doing. I, I got it. I want to ask him because you know, there there's, there's, I would like to get the rumors like cleared up, you know, of some of the stuff with him and, and John. There's a ring. Yeah. And, All right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I. I don't. I'm not gonna say any of them. But you know, I would just like get them cleared up and stuff like that. So, um, always cool dudes for to me. Always, always treated me really well. I've never had the first issue with any of them. But you know, what you do. <laughs> I mean, man, it's a. Uh, it's. It's tough. Wrestling's tough, man. It's it's a really tough thing. There are like. I mean, I'd love to say that everything's squeaky clean all the time and everything just peachy, but the truth of the matter is it's not. Oh, uh, there is, especially just just in Dayton alone, Just if you just look at Rockstar, there's all kinds of stuff that if somebody wanted to really open up the book and just be like, okay, this is why this, this is why this, this is why this, this is why this, It'd be pretty easy to do, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, it would uh, basically paint some people who are highly regarded in a negative light. And uh, unfortunately, some of those people that are highly regarded, if they, they get painted in a negative light, then they are going to do everything within their power to do two things: backtrack, which unfortunately they're already looked at in a highly regarded light. Mm-hmm. So. 
their backtracking is going to be easy. So then they're going to turn it on whoever. Throw people under the bus, yeah. They're going to throw people under the bus, which unfortunately has happened to a lot of us already anyway. So um, it's it's unfortunate, man. It really, really is. Um, A lot of careers could have gone a lot further if it wasn't for a lot of like the stupid politics. A lot of the careers that are still going now could be a lot further if it wasn't for some of the dirty politics that that happens in wrestling especially in dayton um i get questions all the time hey aaron why don't you work here i don't know well i do know but they're not answers that you're going to want to hear um they don't really anything to do with me they have to do with other things it doesn't have to do with my talent or my skill or my drawing power or my backstage etiquette or my etiquette in general it is a preference and you know oh yeah well i i've said this i'm not gonna say any names nothing nothing that um there's people who've made it to the big leagues and I knew them back in the day and I was like, I don't know how they pass a drug test to (laughs) ever get in the ring, you know? And I'm like, and then it's funny because everybody's like, oh, this is a rumor. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a rumor until you walk in on them doing it. Okay. You know, you just, I I saw it with my own eyes. I, you know, I was there. Yeah. Um, That's that's a a funny thing. It's a rumor until you know it's true and then it's not not a rumor anymore yeah and and um what was really funny was uh um and th- this this is going to go towards you being praised for you uh i was a couple years back my wife and i decided to go to new orleans for our anniversary she asked me she goes she goes well there's wrestling down there do you want to go that while we're down there too and i'm like yeah let's go to wrestling down there we went to wildcat wrestling which is luke hawks's uh, organization who's you know choir boy luke he was on uh he's been around forever he's now on uh, uh he was on heels um but i'm talking to him and we're talking about the wrestlers that i'm watching up here and i was like your name came up and he's like yeah i hear that guy's great and you know i was like you guys would put on a phenomenal match and he goes yeah the bald guy's up there <laughs> and um uh, but the problem is he never – I don't think he ever comes this far north because he's too busy. He's a stuntman too, so he's busy doing other stuff. So, um, But, yeah, it was funny because he, he knew exactly who you were. And <laughs> and I don't know if you guys had ever been in the same area no, or anything. I've, but I've ever got the, the pleasure of meeting him. Like I, I have just now kind of recently started to um, accept – I guess my reputation. Uh, I've always kind of like downsold myself uh, extensively. Like uh, I was taught, you know, humility is the key to brilliance and stuff like that, which is true. But at some point in time, I think you kind of just got to be like, oh, well, maybe there's something to this. Like I've worked very hard. Uh, I've been a wrestler for 20 years. I've never been a politicker i've always been a wrestler i've always been the type of guy that's like i want i want you to use me because of my talent and i have plenty of it um but that's not necessarily the world we live in yeah. uh 
which is what it is. But now I can finally be like, well, it is kind of cool that, you know, if you go somewhere, somewhere else, and you say my name, people know who I am. And I've never mm-hmm. even been, never met them. Mm-hmm. Really like that. That's, that's very cool. For those who do not know, um, you, since I've known you, no profanity. You, 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 I don't think I've ever seen you say any cuss words at all, ever. And it's huge rarity. <laughs> yeah. And you're a teetotaler. You do not drink or party. I you know? No, I don't do any of that. I, uh, um, a, a little bit of my background is I was, uh, I was raised, um, uh, religiously and, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and so on and so forth. But when I was a young pup uh, in the age bracket of like, I don't know, 12 to like 16, uh, it was not hard to get your hands on things in my, in my world. Yeah. Uh, Part of the town that I lived in. So at like 13, I was smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. uh, And alcohol and other things were easy to get your hands on uh i remember uh, this is probably the thing that like really struck me to make me be like okay well maybe that's not for me um i went to a party with some older people and they basically just fed me booze i was like 15 i guess they just fed me booze so much so that i ended up in a kitchen floor puking up blood everywhere just everywhere and uh somebody eventually came and found me and they were like hey there's kids in here puking up blood and these were adults their answer to that was put them in the bathroom so they put me in the bathroom tub they shut the door they didn't open it up again Jeez. yeah so after i woke up from that and i went on my way i was like okay i think i'll not do that anymore like uh it's kind of like a hard lesson of better take care of yourself bud because nobody else is going to take care of you so you learned your lesson young i did not learn my lesson until i was an adult man and i was like oh i need to i need to sober up this is ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I definitely learned young Uh, probably too young but young yeah well I, i did almost the exact same thing you did i remember being at a party and it was my one of my best friends, brother and sister were all older than us. And they were just letting it, we were just drinking and drinking and drinking. I think we were like 14, 15 and I got hammered on vodka. And it was one of the ones where they thought it was hilarious. And now I look back and I'm like, man, I love those people. They were like my brother, my, my best friend's brother and sister were like my brother and sister. And I'm like, damn, I love them to death. And they let me do that. <laughs> like I still yeah. love them to death, but it's like dumb kid stuff. Yeah, it's like dumb kid stuff. But man, it's like it's scary when you like think look back at it with like, you know, a different mindset or whatever. It's like, shoot, man, I could have died in that yeah, bathtub. Like that's yeah. crazy to think about, right? But uh I mean, thankfully I didn't. Uh, you know, I just learned a really, really rough lesson at a young age. Um but that's that's life, right? We're just uh, we're just constantly going through it, constantly learning, constantly uh, adapting, and and moving forward. So, yep. um, it's, it's when you stop learning 
And when you when you you think you know everything is when you you screw up big time. And the uh, you know, like I said, following you for a long time, I've watched you wrestle so many people, so so many big name people. You know, the the past legends and stuff like that. I, I gotta ask, did you ever like? fan out on any like like just had to control yourself because like like dude i could not be in a ring with ricky steamboat there's no way even if he was the ref i'd be like oh man this ricky steamboat i'm gonna screw this up so bad that's ricky steamboat (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've had like shoot man i've had like a lot of really really cool experience with people who have who would be you know legends or people who have done awesome things in, in the business and everything like that um Ricky was one, but like I said, I was out of it that whole match. Like I, uh, when I watched it, back, I only remember one thing and from that whole match. And it was, uh, I wore this like bandana in, in front of my crotch at the time. And I remember yep. at one point I took it off and kind of threw it. That's the only thing I can remember about the whole thing. Uh, and I was just like watching the match, waiting for me to do it. At the end of the match, Ricky raises my hand and then I do it. And then him and I do a spot together and he chops me and does some stuff with me. And I take some bumps with him. I don't remember any of that. And that's really, really sad. Um, but uh, I would say the big one for me, uh, cause I've got to do a lot of cool stuff. I got to wrestle Al Snow like a bunch of times. I got to wrestle like Kevin Thorne and Ken Anderson. And uh, like, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but uh, for me, it was Jerry Lynn. Uh, Jerry Lynn uh, refereed a match between myself and Jeremiah. Yep, I remember that. Uh, that was there. Jerry was like, for me, like obviously everybody has like their top tier wrestlers: uh, Shawn Michaels, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, Ray Buda, uh, guys like that. For me, uh, Jerry Lynn was up there. So to be in the same ring as Jerry Lynn was incredible to me um he probably um up until recently which still probably is but i have another really really good moment that i'll talk about in a second but um me and jeremiah of course we're both you know lynn marks and uh big fans of the 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 rvd lynn series so we were like all right let's let's do it let's let's go hard and try to try to pay homage to this guy who inspired us so much with him right there. So we do, we start doing Jerry Lynn RVD spots. And at some point in time, I get Jeremiah in a pin and I look up at Jerry and he's just looking at me. And then he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And he comes down and he makes the pin and then we keep going and everything like that. And we just, you know, we go ahead and we have our match. We get to the back and Jerry walks up and he's like, Hey guys, that was really good. Sorry about that pin at the beginning. I was just having fun watching you. Man, that's high praise. I was like, okay, I can stop now. Like, I really don't need anything else. Like, that That made my – at that point in time, I was, you know, in, in the thick of things in a lot of ways. And though it's like, man, it's funny how wrestling can has, like, helped me out so much, like, in just life in general. Because I was – I was going through some stuff at that point in time. And he said that, and that was like a thing that kind of like, oh yeah, 
Uh, and then the other thing that I will mention just recently happened. I got to tag with uh, Paul London uh, in a match uh, against uh, Ron Mathis and Tyler Box. And Bruce Gray was ringside for it. And I've, I've never met Paul, but uh, we had a mutual friend. And uh, so we've kind of known each other, but not really. Yeah. Um, and the moment that I saw him, like I was out there doing my stuff. I saw that he was here at his table and everything like that. Go to the back and he's, uh, there's two locker rooms. I think he's in one, I'm in the other. I'm getting changed. He eventually comes in and takes one look at me. He's like, dude, you're huge. Gives me a big hug. And he's like, it's so nice to finally meet you and everything like that. And we go throughout the night and we go out there and we have just such a good time. Like such an awesome time. And I was like, man, this is, this is great. This is fantastic. Like, um, I think if I could give, I mean, I got a lot of advice. I got a lot of knowledge in my head, but I think if I could give advice to any like young people coming up in, in the business, any trainees or whatever, I would say drink in those moments, man. Cause you're only going to get them once. You don't want to forget those because those are the only things that you're going to look back and be like, I got to do that. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe you'll go to WrestleMania. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll debut on AEW one day. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll get in a plane and fly to another country. Maybe you won't. But you're going to have those moments regardless. And, man, those those things can make, make it all worth it, really. Dang. So, Yeah. Well, you know, this is funny because I was just I was talking to somebody about this the other day about Jeremiah and you, you brought and we were talking about him. I don't know the dude personally. Don't know. But man, that guy knew how to get people to hate him. <laughs> just, he was a he had heat. Holy crap. I don't think I don't think the entire time we were there, anybody got the kind of heat that Jeremiah got. I don't think so. I mean, he got some. <laughs> He goes, and it's so funny too because honestly, he got that much heat. I have no idea what Jeremiah was to this day. I have no idea what his gimmick was. I have I no don't idea. But like, I don't even know that. But that man had so much heat that I guess he didn't need one. He, 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 he could have been, he could have been Jeremiah the heat magnet. I don't know. And, and well, like I said, Never really had it because he he was really good at, at staying away from fans. So you really didn't talk to him. You didn't know how he was in real life. You know his you know his shoot. I don't know anything about him outside of the ring. He could be the nicest, coolest dude you will ever meet in your entire life, and you're like, I still don't like him. <laughs> well, I know, and I'm not going to ruin it for you. So we're just going to let you. I'm not gonna lie. That was one of the hardest things about becoming like, you know, meeting all you guys and talking to you guys over the years and and all that stuff, because, you know, some of you guys are like, oh man, I hate him. Then you meet him like, oh, but he's such a nice guy in real life. I can't, I can't hate him anymore. And uh, then, then uh, although I'm not gonna lie, I um, somebody that I loved when I was younger, absolutely a. Loved his wrestling. I've met. I finally got to meet him when he was at Rockstar. Everything else, um, he's the first and only person I've ever had to block on Twitter. 
Yeah, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any names or nothing, but he's he's. Can we tell you? Yeah, Sabu. Oh yeah, I understand. <laughs> and, um, he got. It was all because he is. Uh, I posted a picture one time, I think on Twitter. It was uh, I had a wall of all my wrestling autographs. So I had this at the shop. I've, I've moved it around since then, but. Um, and one of his pictures was in there, but also like, you know, and he's like, and I get this message from him. He's like, hey, because I, I drive by where you're at constantly. I can do an in-store. And I'm like, all right. And, um, you know, we started going back and forth. He quoted me a price. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't think I'd make that much money. And he goes, well, that's my wrestling price. I'm like, well, what's your just show up at the shop, sign autographs and leave price? Never did quote it to me. But it kept going back and forth, back and forth. He goes, well, well, I know I know the wrestling place is down a day. Why don't you talk to them? And 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 uh, we'll do this. I'll do that, and I'll hit you on the way up, or I'll hit you and then go down there. And I'm like, okay. So I contacted him, and he's like, no, we're not really doing anything right now. And I'm like, all right. So I told him, why does there's another place? So I got a hold of DCW, and I was like, hey, you know, Sabu's getting a hold of me, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested? And they're like, no, we're more our own guys. We don't like bringing in outside. And I'm like, I understand, blah, blah. And then he starts, like, basically, like, trying to, like, strong arm me into having him there and paying him. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. I, can't, I, I've, I No, I'm walking away from this. I was like, I don't think it's going to be make either one of us money. And um, and so it went back and forth. Back, and he started getting, like, like, really kind of pissy about it and i'm like whatever man block and then like two days later uh super genie gets a hold of me and she starts telling well you know you owe us i don't owe you nothing i didn't sign nothing i didn't agree to nothing whatever block and i'm like first time i've had to block anybody on facebook and it's sabu or uh, uh twitter it was, and it was like it made me hurt inside i'm like well, so I loved him in the ECW days and the WCW days back back then, but that's 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 unfortunate. And uh, it, it's funny because I but then I then I talk to because uh, I'm into comic books and I go to the conventions and stuff. And I've talked to people who are promoters, you know, in other states and whatnot, and they're telling me these horror stories. I'm like, oh, okay, then the mind isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. So. It's it's bad. The, the one the worst story I think I've ever heard was uh, well two uh, was one day Jake the Snake showed up was supposed to do a show for a guy I knew and uh, I don't I think he was in Kentucky maybe or something like that and um, this is when he was at his worst so he shows up messed up he tells him that he wants uh, more money a bottle of Jack Daniels and crack. And they're like, well, we'll give you the money. We'll get you the, the Jack Daniels, but we're not buying you crack. And I guess they had gotten everything out. They had his table set up ready because he did the match. And then he was supposed to come out and sign autographs. And they, I, I guess they had a kid helping them. And they're like, pretty soon they're looking around. No Jake, no Jake, no Jake. And they're like, well, well man, go see if he's in the, back, in the locker room. And they're like, dude, he just left. So he just. Just skated. Skated. Um, and then the other one was a um, 
I can't remember who it was. I want to say it's a a, a wrestler, maybe Manny something. Uh, but he was trying to force his way on the cards. Mm. Uh, he would like be shooting through a town, see that there was a wrestling event going on, and he would show up, and he'd be like, "Hey, uh, Bill hired me to be on the show tonight," and they'd be like. No, nobody hired you to be on the show tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I think it's Bill. 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 Bill got me on the show tonight. Well, we don't have you. Well, just pay me, and uh, if if you're not going to use me, just pay me so I can leave. And he was basically trying to strong arm them into paying him so he could just show up and leave. <laughs> Shoot, old, old move. Stuff like that really wouldn't work these days, man. <laughs> But these were all old dudes that were older dudes that wrestled back in the day. But yeah, they were trying. The dude was legit trying to like con his way on the cards just because he happened to be driving through the area. Yeah, I guess Virgil is the same way at one point too. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna say if that's true or not. But yeah. But um, um, what's really funny? Well, not really funny. But uh, a while back, um, your former tag team partner uh, was at the shop. Because uh, he was uh, uh, there for Vectrum. Uh, and I sit there and talk to Dustin for a while. And, and the worst part about it is, I, mean, I watch him on Facebook and stuff. Like, I think that dude's in better shape now than he was when he was in the ring. Yeah, dude. He's, I, I miss Dustin so much. Man, do I love that dude. Such a good dude. Um just gosh, I can't. I, I really can't say enough good things about Dustin Ray's or you know Dustin in general. Yeah, uh, that's a fantastic person. Love that guy. Miss him so much. Miss him every day. Yeah, talk to him more. It, it, it's nice because, like I said, I run into him sporadically here in town from time to time. I just ran into him a couple months back at Speedway, not far from the shop. We talked for a little bit and went on our way. But man, it's. And I was like, do you miss it? And he goes, no, well, sometimes. But it's like. Yeah. And, yeah. But, you know, he got, we got three kids now. Or, yeah. 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 He was another one that I really loved being in the ring with, too. Dustin was great. Like, no matter, in the same way that Gary was like, whether I was wrestling him or teaming with him. Alex, too, honestly. Um, just love those dudes. Love them. I miss we, we were we were talking, me and my one of my buddies that used to go down to Rockstar with me all the time was like, Man, I miss the night riders. I was like, I don't think that'll ever happen again. I was like, because I don't think Dustin will get back in the ring. I was like, but we can still get Alex and and, and maybe someday. Aaron. So uh I, I think the last time I got to talk to Alex was at a GCW show in Detroit. So that's uh yeah, been like two years ago now, maybe. But. Yeah, don't get to see him much anymore either. But he's doing great things, man. Real, real happy for old Alex. You know, I, I miss the whole feel of it the way it was on those Friday nights. I miss going down there. I miss you know. I'd always try to even if at least say hi to you every show you'd at least say hi you know what we'd at least talk for a few minutes try to and it's 
like you we were messaging the other day that there's no um real local wrestling anymore um no, I, I don't know about the one that's been running out of odd bodies in Dayton. What is it? X, XVW or? W, yeah. Uh, I know Ron Mathis uh, works up there and uh, uh, Bruce is up there. I think Murray shows up every now and then. Um, and they got like maybe a couple hopefuls uh, over there. Uh, but it's not like um, – to me, like I, I was talking about HWA earlier, how like you go there and you you would work with people and they would immediately elevate you. Rockstar, in a lot of ways, was the same way. Like you you work there and you would get elevated by uh, by the people there. Um, with XPW, I kind of feel. Of course, you have like Ron Mathis. You have uh, a couple of uh, Bruce Gray. You have uh, some of those guys who can uh, can elevate a little bit. Uh, not everybody can elevate. Uh, so it's, uh, I, I've never really, I've only been to like one of their shows, so I really can't say much per se, but uh, um, I do think they're the only like, other than like NWF who still runs weekly, I think. Um, I think they're the only, the only game in the general area. Um, so uh, you can get reps if you're if you're a wrestler and you can see a show if you're uh, if you're a fan so uh, of course i'm always gonna you know hope the best for any up and coming indie promotion that's gonna put on shows and give people uh some time to escape um so best of luck to them and hope it goes well yeah we we also talked i was like i i had every intention of buying a ring finding a building starting my own running I wasn't going to run it. I was going to own it because, you know, I was like, man, it's just another thing I'd be putting on my plate. And yeah. it, it was my wife who stepped up and she goes, you know, you're not going to, you're going to be there every time you're going to be micromanaging. She goes, I've never told you no in your entire life. She goes, but this might be the first time I will tell you no. <laughs> it's tough, man. Like, I don't think people, I mean, and I didn't for a long time either, but, there's so much that goes into it. Because like I said, it's a business. You are oh, yeah. a business. You know uh, all that goes into running that shop. Wrestling is the same way. It's it's a business. And you have mm -hmm. to like, you have to work at it. Like, oh, yeah. voters have this issue where they're like, they think that, well, I'll just post some stuff on Facebook and that'll be it. But no, that's not it. Like, you gotta, you gotta work hard, man. Mm -hmm. You gotta put you got a flyer. You got to pay for ads. You got to do anything within your power to get the word out about your show because nobody's looking for it. You have to show, yep. you know, like somebody once gave me a piece of advice uh, when it came to like, you know, I got the advice way late, but they eventually, you know, I eventually got this piece of advice, which said uh, that basically they're like, do you send stuff to the WWE? I just said, well, no. They're like, do you think Vince McMahon is looking for you? No, of course he's not looking for me. No. Like, I got to hit something. In the same sense, that's how wrestling is. You can't just expect people to nope. just show up. This is not a if you build it, they will come type of scenario. Wrestling is a business, and it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. If you can run a 
suppose on a semi-regular basis and they be like relatively successful, then you're, you're doing okay. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. if you expect it to be profitable in the first couple of years, hmm, nah, man, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like me and my shop. It's, it's, you got to know what product. So you got to know which wrestlers to bring in. You got to oh. know what their value is because, oh. you know, I, I had a discussion years ago with, CW and we were talking and he goes yeah he goes I could get the bucks here and this is when the bucks were the, you know, just indie darlings you know but they weren't over huge they weren't the bucks that we know now and he goes would they bring in a handful of people yeah would they make enough money for me to justify bringing them in no yeah. would they make money yes but would they make enough no so you you got to justify that yeah, you have to you have to weigh out your options mm-hmm. and stuff. And with as many wrestlers as there are out there, it's makes it even tougher. Like it really does. Like that's why you have these shows with these like, you know, eight man scramble matches and everything like that. And that's why a lot of guys don't get paid. And that's why, you know, I like, for example, it's taken me a long time to kind of realize my worth. And because now I realize my worth, there are a couple of weekends out of the month that I'm sending home because people don't want to pay me what I know I'm worth. So, yeah. And they, maybe they can't, which I kind of understand. You know, I'm not even going to be mad about it. Like, it's, it sucks for me, but I don't want anybody else to go in the hole because, you know, they they overplayed their hand. That's, yeah. you know. Yeah. You um, know I, I said this, and I, I will say this, if I ever – would open up and create a wrestling organization the first person i would hire was you you would legit because i wouldn't even hire you maybe not even as a wrestler i'd have you helping put other people over helping you know all that stuff because i think you have the mind for it and i've seen you do stuff down there in dayton i've seen you do stuff watch you know but you're getting yourself over in other organizations and i think you could do that with other people i think you'd be a great promoter so, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe be a great agent, but uh, yeah, agent, maybe an agent more than a promoter, but yeah, that I want. But uh, I mean, uh, I'm a trainer now, so that's uh, that's one thing that I even kind of like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> like it's funny because I look at being like a trainer, um, because people always ask me, like, uh, when are you going to start training people? I'm like, as long as like Cody Hawk is training people, I don't need to train people. Like, because to me, Cody is the man. And then under him is like, in this area, you got Roger Ruffin and then Sammy Callahan opened a school and everything like that. There's plenty of people uh, to train. Uh, but then when Cody asked me to take over for him, I still look at it and I'm like, yeah, I got a lot of knowledge, but I don't know if I should even be training people at this point, you know, because it's like, there's so much to this business and there's so much that I still am learning. Uh, and I am a firm believer that if you ever think you know everything about this business, you're lying to yourself because it just like art wrestling is subjective. Wrestling is art. So in a subject, in a subjective world, anything can work, which means it's impossible to learn everything. It's, it's just so vast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. 
I could talk about just wrestling and mentalities about it and psychology of it and this, that, and whatever. That's for another show. That's for for days, man. Yeah. Well, it's, I I can legitimately talk to you forever. Um, Because you you have, you're a fountain of knowledge. You know, you've been in the business for two decades. You've wrestled so many people. Uh, You have, uh, uh, you know, you see, you seem to have a pretty good mind for the business. Um, you know, you're training people now, and you're legitimate. We could probably just do a show just talking about training, and and never once talk about anything else. Um, but yeah. you, like I said, you are awesome. You've, you know, you, you're one of the people that that when I first started coming down to Rockstar, I was almost all out of wrestling. I was almost completely out. I just kind of was like, I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out on it. And then I started watching you guys wrestle down there. And I started finding my love for it again. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And now I'm to the point now where I still enjoy live indie wrestling. I almost don't watch anything on TV if it's not either old or independent wrestling um i do watch all the documentaries and scenes. <laughs> that stuff's just fun and <laughs> um and it's cool to see that you know you've been in this business for so long i know you've had injuries and i know you know we won't get into that but the fact that you still love the business you yeah. are very passionate about the business you are, you know, you, like you said, you know what your worth is and you have set that, you know, you're not, you're not going to budge on that because you know your value. And I think that's a lot of what these young wrestlers don't understand is you, if you know what you're worth, you might have to give up a couple paychecks, but don't let people tell you what you're worth. Let you tell yourself what you're worth. And yeah, uh, you, you gotta have an idea of of who you are, like mm-hmm. not only wrestling, but in life yeah. in general, you have oh, yeah. to have an idea of who you are. Because if you don't, and we all fail at this at some point in time, I think we all like get uh, mixed up in things. But um, that's what creates points where people can take advantage of you, or people can uh, uh, use you, or yeah. or hurt. You whatever is if you lose that sense of self and you lose that sense of who you are and you start um, basically creating counterfeits for the things that you know about yourself and wow. Okay. We're, that's, that's too deep. I'm getting too deep. I'm sorry. It's too deep. <laughs> it, it, but, it is. It is about finding your self-worth and your value as a person. And, and uh, it, it's nice to, to, to know that you know your place or know your value and and you know that sometimes you might have to give up that paycheck because you know it is hard sometimes to walk away from money i'm not gonna be that probably the first one that's true i mean in wrestling i kind of got it figured out life you know we'll see we'll get that figured out wrestling's easy life is hard no that's that's a tomorrow Aaron problem (laughs) that's a tomorrow Aaron problem oh man um but uh, um so before we get ready to go, um, I know the story. Can you tell the people 
where you got Aaron Williams from? Um, yeah. Uh, so when I started out wrestling, um, I was given the name Charles, call me Chaz Fonsworth III. Um, it's funny because uh, as a trainee, I have a extensive martial arts background. Charles, call me Chaz Fonsworth III, was a collegiate wrestler. Those two things don't, they, they don't really go together much. Um, and uh, I basically hated it. I didn't really understand it. It wasn't like a good thing for me. And I just hated it. Now, looking back, you know, with the knowledge I have, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what I got done with that. But at the time I was young and I wanted to do cool stuff. So I was like, I hate this. So I was Charles Comey Chaz Fonsworth for like a year. Then I left that place and I was like, I immediately need to change my name. Uh, and then I showed up at another promotion and they were like, okay, we're going to change your name. And I was like, sweet. And then they were like, your name is Sweet Lou Roberts. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't want to be Sweet Lou Roberts. <laughs> and they were like, well, you're Sweet Lou Roberts. So they uh, sent me out and I had my first match at that place as Sweet Lou Roberts. Oh no, my phone's dying. Um, Hurry up then. So I, uh, <laughs> I finished the match, go to the next show and I nerd up my loins and I, walk up to the promoter and I'm like, listen, I really don't want to be Sweet Lou Roberts. And they're like, okay, what do you want to be? And I was like, well, I don't know. You didn't think about that? Well, no. Well, you're next, you know. Uh, so you need a name. Uh, uh, I guess Aaron Williams, because William is my middle name. So that is the wonderful story of how I became Aaron Williams um, because I am not creative at all and put in a pinch. There we go. Uh, and that's how we get Aaron Williams, the professional wrestler. How we happen? Um, before you run out of time on your phone, uh, where, where, where's your upcoming events and, and any events coming up? Okay, um, so I am uh, at St. Louis Anarchy uh, this Thursday, which would be the... Actually, this won't air till after that drops, so... Okay, uh, well, and probably when this airs, I will be in the UK. Uh, I will be having my first international tour, so I will be an international wrestler, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, you'll probably be able to follow me on all of that stuff on my Twitter, which is PlanetWilliams1. Uh, the number one, um, and my Instagram, which is just Planet Williams, and my Facebook, which is Aaron Williams. So um, those are ways you can follow me. Um, I think when I get back from the UK, it will be November. Um, I'm doing Larry D's um, retirement show, which I'm very excited about. Uh, myself, Gary J, and Pompano Joe will be in a triple threat match which will be a hard-hitting and entertaining affair. Um, and then also, what else do I have going on? Spot Monkey Promotions, which is where I wrestled and tagged with uh, Paul London. It's in the Southern Ohio region. Uh, it is doing great stuff and having great shows. Uh, EC3, uh, along with Paul London, was on the last show. Uh, I know they have some big stars uh uh, including myself, um, 
that are going to be at these next shows. Uh, so those are, those are a couple, I know I'm missing one, but I can't remember what it is right now. So, oh, I think, uh, I'll be in, uh, Bloodstorm Pro in New Jersey. I want to see November 11th and I will be wrestling, um, in a triple threat match and against a young Austin Luke, who is a very talented young competitor. And I'm really looking forward to that. So that's and, uh, what right now. And uh, people who want to get into wrestling and uh, want to be trained by you, how do they go about that? Um, you can email Hawks Pro Wrestling Academy at gmail.com. Uh, there's also a Facebook page that is Hawks Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, it is Cody Hawks School. I run it. And um, myself and Ryan Michaels are the trainers. Um, and uh, if you have a true desire to be a professional wrestler and you don't mind me like kind of yelling at you sometimes because as you pointed out earlier, I am very passionate about this business and I want people who are going to be passionate about this business. So uh, if you are one of those things, then I'm the guy for you. Well, sir, I'm going to wrap it up tonight. So your phone's about dead. Um, before we go, I will end the show and I'll talk to you off the record for a second. And uh, But thank you again. And we finally got this after, what, like almost two years of going back yeah. and forth. About time, now right? if I can get Matt on here, we'll be a good chance. Yeah, man. There you go. Like, one uh, day I'll uh, get you and Matt. No. Uh, <laughs> my, my goal is, is to get you, Matt, Ron, get, uh, you know, all and do like a big get my other couple friends who we used to all go to Rockstar and we'll have a, like a big meeting about the people and all the wrestling events and stuff back in the day. So, but uh, all right, I'm going to end it here um, and I'll put all your information at the end of the episode so people can find you and come, come find your matches and stuff like that. Uh, uh, before I go, you got a YouTube page? Uh, I don't, but you can type my name in and you'll find plenty of stuff. Cool.